Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. James chapter 3. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouth of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants them to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Who is wise and of understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace, reap a harvest of righteousness. James has given us a lot of instruction on the way we should live our lives in Christ. And he makes a very startling statement in verse 1 that I want to uh, just kind of linger on a little bit. He seems to indicate that there'll be different standards of judgment for believers. Of course, all of us know that there's a judgment between believers and unbelievers, but James seems to indicate that there are different standards of judgment for believers, that believers themselves will be judged. So listen to verse 1. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers. So he's talking to his fellow believers. Agreed? Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Now, that sounds very strange. James is talking to believers, and he says that even among believers, there's a difference between the standard of judgment that they'll be held to. This, of course, is not a matter of heaven or hell, 
But there is an indication that there is a difference made among believers for their actions, that the judgment, the standard of judgment for teachers in this verse is higher than just an average believer. Now, why, why should that be? Well, there's a couple of reasons. The scriptures indicate that if what we know we're responsible for, and so teachers of the Word of God should be more knowledgeable of a wider variety of spiritual truths. Therefore, when you become aware of what the Bible teaches and what the Lord intends, you become responsible to fulfill what you understand to be the will of God. And so teachers, from that perspective, should know more than an average believer, and therefore they should have um, higher standards to be held to because they know know more uh, likes and dislikes of the Lord from the Scriptures. There's that. But also teachers have a much wider capacity to influence fellow believers, both for good or for evil. And so from that perspective, teachers are definitely held to a higher standard. What an average believer may be able to do and get away with out of ignorance or just an unawareness of the will of God, teachers don't have such an excuse. But there are other scriptures that speak about differences in judgment. I want to read to you from Luke chapter 12, verse 47 and 48. The servant who knows the master's will and does not get ready or does not do what the master wants will be beaten with many blows. Now, this is talking about a servant who knows the master's will, and uh, it says that they'll be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment, will be beaten with few blows. So there's a difference. There's a group of people that are going to be beaten with many blows. There's a group of people that are beaten with few blows. This is a difference, not in blessings, not in rewards, but in punishment. And he goes on to say in Luke, from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. Now, that seems to be in keeping with what James says, that there's a higher standard for teachers. Those who have been given much, more will be demanded. And from those who have been entrusted with much, more will be asked. So this is not a, an obscure thing that we need to overlook. We need to realize that believers themselves will be held to standards of judgment. There will be a judgment for believers. Of course, there's a separation between uh, the lost and the saved, but among the saved, our lives will still be evaluated, and those of us that know to do right and we're willingly disobedient will be held accountable before God. Those things will not be just omitted because we're saved. We won't go to hell, but there will be degrees of reward, and there may even be degrees of uh, what we would refer to as punishment among believers. I know that among a lot of pastors and theologians, that's an alien thought, but my personal belief is that there will be a vast difference among the saved in terms of our eternal functions and our eternal destinies. That in itself would be a punishment to see that something was possible that we didn't attain due to our our unbelief, our, our deliberate disobedience, our willful disobedience. So you need to act on what you know to be the will of God. You need to live according to the standards you understand to be revealed in the Scriptures. You need to hold yourself accountable to yourself for the will of God. Uh, we need to always be careful not to be willfully disobedient, because the Lord does not overlook these things, friends. And we may get away with it in this life, but ultimately we will be held to account before the throne of God. 
All of us will give account of our actions. All of us will give account of our deeds in the days of our flesh. James goes on to tell us we should watch our mouth and the power of our words. Verse 5, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. So he's given the tongue a tremendous power. He says it corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and it is itself set on fire by hell. You may recall that Jesus said it's not what goes into a man that defiles him, but what comes out. The words that come out of us, the actions that come out of us, but the tongue, the tongue sets direction for our lives, and uh, the tongue affects our lives in many different ways. Continuing speaking about the tongue, he says, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. So what he is saying is that our our words have power for good or for evil. Our words are very powerful, and they set the course of our lives, and they affect the lives of others. We need to watch our mouth. We need to watch our speech. The Lord does not like it when both um, the words of God and then the words of of the enemy, the words of blasphemy, the words of cursing, the words of cutting people down come out of the same mouth. This shouldn't be, James says. We need to have our speech in keeping with what we believe, just like in the last chapter we were taught that our actions need to be in keeping with what we believe. We need to profess what we believe. We need to say the things in agreement with the scriptures we understand. And we need to ask the Lord to help us bring our mouth into submission. And uh, just right now, I want to point out to you that I have observed as a pastor many times the tremendous damage that people can do with words by spreading gossip, by saying hurtful things to other people, by declaring things that are not true publicly. These, um, uh, these things can be destructive of families, destructive of relationships, destructive even of churches. So we need to be very careful with um, controlling our mouth and asking the Holy Spirit to apply that, uh, the gift of self-control to our tongues, that our tongues would be submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ and the leadership of His Holy Spirit. We're to be gentle and humble in every situation. Verse 13, we read, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done, in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder in every evil practice. So James is teaching us that there's two forms of wisdom, wisdom that comes from heaven and wisdom that is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Earthly wisdom, unspiritual wisdom, and demonic are all captioned together. And then he gives an example of earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Envy and selfish ambition, he says, are under this category. But humility is under godly wisdom. Bitter envy and selfish ambition are earthly and demonic. We need to be humble people. And so, Lord, we do ask for that godly wisdom that comes from above. All the wisdom that comes from heaven is pure, and we ask for that wisdom. We ask, Lord, that we would be peace-loving, considerate, and submissive people, full of mercy, full of good fruit, 
impartial to others. Lord, we ask that you would help us to control our mouths, that we would be aware of the power of our words, that we would live in a way that's in keeping with what we believe, Lord. For those things that have been revealed to us, God, help us to live to the standards that we understand that your word teaches. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.